Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into His Word. Let's jump right into today's message. I do want to welcome those of you that are watching online or perhaps you're listening on our podcast. Hope Covenant, would you welcome those that are listening and watching online? It's great to have you with us. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, we want to encourage you to stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. God's word, my true reflection. And I want to say this, that we can really find our identity in the word of God. And I, I was having a conversation with some of my family even last night talking about how We've deviated from Scripture, and we're, we're, we're doing in the American church inspirational messages, which is good. We all need to be inspired. I, I believe it's a part of it, and I'm not picking on the American church. But we need to get back to the basics of Scripture and get back to what Scripture says, the authenticity of who we're supposed to be, that the Bible, which is our manual, and it's so clear what we're supposed to do out of obedience to Christ Jesus. It's so important that we look to this more now than ever. Because when we look at society and the current state of things, we can see the desperate need for the Bible and the manual and how to live life. Anybody can get in it? Can I get an amen on that? According to the latest Gallup polls, I want to give you some statistics so you understand this. Less than 24% of Americans believe that the Bible is the literal and inspired word of God. How many of you know, Houston, we have a problem? Less than 24% of Americans believe that the Bible is the literal and inspired word of God. Listen to this statistic. 71% of Americans believe that the Bible is a holy document but has some error to it. 71%, that's an overwhelming majority of Americans that believe that there's error in the word of God. 72% of Americans believe that there's a heaven. Conveniently, only 58% believe that there's a hell. That's convenient, isn't it? And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of debate going on right now about is Jesus going to come back before the tribulation or after? And I've, I had a, a question about this this week from some folks that were like, where do you stand on that? I said, I stand on this. Let's be ready for the return of the Lord. Let's pray it in and let's be excited as the church that we're victors and not victims, that we're overcomers, that we're the head and not the tail. But let's live in the word of God and live ready. And that's where I stand on that. Can I get an Amen. The Bible says don't debate those things. I don't want to debate those things. I don't want to debate foolish things. I want to focus on what's important and what's ahead of us right now. Listen, we need to get back to the basics of the word. In order to get this world to accept the Bible as truth, it's got to start with us as a church. And you might think, well, this is a very basic message, but guys, we got to get back to the basics. Let's keep it simple. Let's not overcomplicate scripture. Let's get back to the basics of the blood and the cross and representing Jesus and celebrating his goodness no matter what it looks like. Each of us personally need to take a look at God's word and say, Number one, this book is infallible. In other words, there's no error in the word. Can I get a witness? Number two is that this is my model and my standard for living. In other words, I'm going to live by this book by life or by death. Can I get an amen on that? And then number three, this book is my desired reflection. 
In other words, when I look at, at the value system that we, we actually did the Beatitudes back in, in the fall. We went through all of them. And, uh, and it, was, it was a great series on the value system of, of Jesus. We've got we've to have this as our desired image that the world sees that, that is based out of the Bible. When we look at the Bible, we can gauge our spiritual condition and what we look like. Kind of like looking at a reflection in the mirror. First Peter Chapter 1, verse 23 to 25. For you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. How many of you know the word of God will endure, has endured? It's never going to stop. It's a living book. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord, this is the Bible, endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. How many of you know when everything else fails, God's word endures? Everything around us is failing. Every, when you look at society and the value system, you look at the word. It endures forever. It, gets, it, it holds the test of time. It's been around for a, for a while, and it, it, it's true then, and it's true now, and it never changes. It will be true in the future. This is God's word. This is our, our main scripture verse right here, James 1, verse 21 to 25. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. The word planted in you which can. Notice it doesn't say that it will. It says it can. We paused. Liz and I were talking about this yesterday. Why doesn't it say that it will? It says that it can because you have to accept it in order for it to save you. I'm so grateful for a God who didn't create us as robots, but he gave us free will. That the, the, it's unfathomable to me that we have the ability to accept or reject this. But therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word which is planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. This is simple. Just do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face or her face in the mirror, and after looking at him or herself goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. In other words, the law is good. The law of the word is meant to keep us on track. And there's a very unhealthy theology, you know, it's like, we, we, I've heard this in church a lot, that, oh, well, that's Old Testament. Listen, the law is good, and yes, there, there were some things that changed, and we have the grace of God that came with the cross, but we as a church have gotten into this hyper-grace thing where we're taking advantage and crossing lines of the law. And we get ourselves into trouble by not living the lines of the law, which is good. This is not a legalistic book, this is a book of life. Meant to keep you on track to have a life that is easy. And, 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 and when you walk in it, and when I say it's easy, let me, let me define what I mean. When you follow God's word, it's not difficult. 
you save yourself from the snare of the enemy and the trap of the enemy that makes life more difficult than it's supposed to be. Doesn't mean everything goes perfect, but it will save you from the challenge of sin which is designed to kill you. No matter what you face, the word of God can bless your life. Thank God for the life and the hope that's communicated in God's word in Colossians 2, verse 13 to 14. And I want to read this out of the Amplified. When you were dead in your sins and in your uncircumcision of your flesh, worldliness, manner of life, God made you alive together with Christ, having freely forgiven us of all of our sins. Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of legal demands which were in force against us and which were hostile to us. And this certificate has set aside and completely removed by nailing it to the cross. Are you not grateful? That's where it begins right there. Man, when you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and it washes you and it cancels out the debt of sin, are you not grateful for the blood and the cross this morning? Are you not grateful for a God who loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you, that you would be saved from the eternal consequence of sin? I thank God for new beginnings. Shout out new beginnings. I want to say this this morning that for some of you that are struggling with your health, you need to begin to declare new beginnings. For some of you who are struggling financially, you need, to be de- you need to begin to declare new beginnings. For those of you who are praying for somebody who's lost and unsaved, you need to thank God for new beginnings before you see it. For somebody who's struggling in your marriage, you need to grab the hand of your spouse and thank God for new beginnings. This is a new beginning. This is a new year. This is a new day. It's time to get past the things that are holding us down, move past it, get over ourselves, and press onward to the high calling of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? This verse in Colossians really assists us with the foundation of being able to see our reflection or our image from the Bible, knowing that we're washed and we're clean, that when we repent from our sin and turn from our wicked ways, that we could see he wipes away the past. He not only forgives, but he forgets. I'm so grateful for that. You know what? It's, I, I was talking to Liz about this. I said, you know, forgiving sometimes is the easy part. It's, for, it's forgetting that we struggle with sometimes. Like, like, I'm not only forgiven, but it's forgotten. Man, that's awesome. Like, we deal with sometimes the shame of what he already forgave and forgot, and we're holding on to something that Jesus already released when we repented and took it to the cross and nailed it there. Man, that's huge. And that's something we need to check ourselves as the church, guys. We've got a massive PR problem in the American church where we're holding people to their past. They don't live at that address anymore, amen? Amen. They've moved on. I know I have. And I thank God for that because by his grace, I stand here this morning. Not by my perfection, but by his grace. I want to ask you this. Maybe you're having a hard time forgiving somebody in this place. Maybe you're you're holding them to something. I want to ask you, are, are you holding them to a perfection that even you can't live by? Grace, we sang grace is by our side this morning. Grace is such an amazing thing, and we need to walk in grace. We need to be a people of grace. We need to be a church of grace. I want somebody who comes in from the outside. 
that doesn't look right, and maybe they don't have their life together, and maybe they're struggling. Listen, the church is a hospital. We need to welcome anyone that is, that is broken and, and, and dealing with things in their life. We need to welcome them with open arms. Welcome to the family. We sang that song, This Is Our Family. This whole list was just ordained by God today. We need to take time to verify our reflection or our state of being by looking at a reflection in the mirror of the Bible. Things can go wrong when we don't look in the mirror. How many of you know that's true just in the natural? James says God's word is like a mirror. Statistics say that the average person spends 30 minutes a day in front of the mirror. I want you to know we're doing way better than that in our house. (laughs) Just this morning. Like an hour. The statistics say 30 minutes a day the average person spends in front of the mirror. This is over the course of eight times a day. We're, we're a way above average, babe. I'm, I'm just so grateful for that. You know, we need to many times throughout the day look at the word of God. When you're driving in the car and you're about to lose your mind because somebody cut you off, we need to look in the mirror of the word and say, am I mirroring the character of Jesus? When somebody has offended us or somebody's crossed us or somebody's wronged us. Listen, it starts at our house. It can happen just when you wake up and look at your spouse. That's, I'm telling you. But are we looking at that person through the lens of the mirror? Are we treating that person through the lens of what the Bible says, how we should be treating them? Man, that's huge. The Bible gives us a true image of where we are in our relationship with God and the demonstration of our Christ-like character. The Bible is like an audible and a visual mirror because we often hear from God about what we are seeing. God speaks through this this image that we see. He speaks through his word. I want to encourage you in your devotional time, guys, don't just read the word, but be a listener to his voice through the word. It's, I've told you this many times before, that you hear the whispers of God in close proximity. Get close to Jesus and have a moment, a, a timeout of silence where you could hear his voice through the things that you're reading. His word is alive. It's living. Let it come alive to you. You could read it a hundred times and hear something different every single time because his word is alive. Is the only book that does that. I'm praying that when y'all encounter God through his word, that you would hear things you've never heard before, that there's deep revelation in this book for you. James teaches us four things about our personal reflection in scripture. And I want to go over these four things. It's real simple. And we're going to receive communion. We're going to commune with the Lord this morning. Number one is, listen, we got to read it. We need to not just skim through the word, but truly apply it and thoroughly, thoroughly read it and study it. I remember, in fact, Julie, you'll probably remember this when we were in youth ministry because we did this together. We had these little, uh, it, was, it was a Baptist program. I forget what it was called. I think it was student discipleship or something. But we had these little green journals that we would look at. And you would, you would kind of get a reward system when we were in youth ministry about how much you would read. You would come back and we would talk about it. And I remember everybody being like, yeah, I read like 19 chapters. And I was the dude who was like, yeah, I read like 19 words and then, and then stopped right there and like reflected on it, read it again and again and again. I want to encourage you. It's not about the, the, the quantity of what you read. It's about the quality of the revelation that you're getting through the word. Some of you need to slow down the cart and go, God, what are you trying to say in this verse today? I'd rather you get something from God out of one verse than read nine chapters and you get nothing because it's just words on a page. 
I'm praying that this would become alive to you, that this word would change you. One encounter with God can change you forever. How do we encounter God? Through his word. That's one way, through his word. We can encounter him through prayer. We can encounter him through his word. James 1 Verse 25, but whoever looks intently into this perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. We read that before, and I want to just repeat that, that you will. that's That's not a question mark. You will be blessed in what you do. So number one is read it. Number two is review it. I just said this, but you could read a scripture a hundred times and see something different each time. And that's the beauty of the alive word of God, the alive scripture. The reason for this is because it, it's, it's, it's alive and there's, there's that breath of God, that pneuma that brings revelation. No other book does this. No other book does this. This is the most important book you could possibly have in your house. Right here, we need to put that priority. Psalms 119 Verse 96 and 97, to all perfection, I see a limit. I don't know how many perfectionists are in the room. Any, any, any perfectionists? Anybody OCD in this room? Uh, I'm CDO because I like it to be in alphabetical order, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> to all perfection, I see a limit. See, I, I like things Perfect. Thomas and I, we were just talking about this. He installed some awesome mats in the back, and I said, hey, they're a little crooked. My German mind just needs it. Could you fix them just a little bit? He's like, bro, they're awesome, man. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Enjoy life a little bit. Really, it's good. Right, Thomas? He's like, bro, you know, this is all good, man. Just chill. There's a, there's a limit. To, and I want to say this, that perfection, excellence is godly. Perfection is a disease. Some of y'all need to let it go and give yourself a little bit of slack and take a deep breath. I'm preaching to myself in the mirror right now, okay? To all perfection, I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Oh, how I love your law. I meditated on it all day long. Oh, how I, I could just see the writer. Oh, how I love your law. We need to fall in love with this law. We need to fall in love with this book, that this is about pleasing a lover that longs for us. He desires us. He doesn't need us. He does, God, how many of you know God doesn't have needs? He doesn't need us, but he desires you. Oh, how I love your law. I meditated on it all day long. We need to meditate on Scripture all day long. We need to meditate on Scripture because it's our foundation for living that keeps us on track. We need to not only meditate on it, but declare it out loud throughout the day so that it becomes living and active. This declaration that comes out of our mouth. How many of you know faith comes by hearing? And by the word, yes, thank you, Lord, for that. We need, we need to not only meditate on it, but declare it out loud. This will change the trajectory of our situations. This will change the narrative right there. Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, when you're, if you've ever walked outside, I did it just the other night. I was walking to my mailbox, and there was a little bit of a, a fender bender right outside my garage, believe it or not. And I was walking out there, and I didn't want to walk on the glass, so I took a flashlight so I could see where the glass was to keep me from cutting my foot because I didn't want to do that. And I'm one of those that wear my socks outside, which is why I change my socks all the time. That was free, by the way. 
But uh, how, many, any, how many of you do that? You walk out to the mailbox, you know, like barefoot or in your socks, whatever. Just didn't want to put my shoes back on. And so I, I had my flashlight, and I'm walking out there. And that's the word of God. It keeps us from walking on the glass. It keeps us from injuring ourselves. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto my path. It tells me exactly where to go. It tells me exactly what to avoid, the sin to avoid, what to stay away from. But if I don't listen to it, I'm robbing myself of the blessing. But if I follow it, I get to the mailbox and I get back inside, brush the, the, the dirt off my socks, and I can keep going. The Passion Translation says it like this, Psalms 119, verse 105. Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and in my decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Aren't you grateful for that? Yes. Number three is we need to reflect on it. The reflection of God's word will change you and it will change the world around you. When you start living full of joy, the joy that the Bible talks about, you start living free and, and, and clear as you, as you walk in, in, the, in, the, in the law and the revelation of the word that's there to, by the way, it's there to keep you free. When you walk like that, it will change the world around you because people will see the joy that emanates from you. People will see that everything's all right, and they'll go, I want what they got. You'll provoke people to jealousy by you reflecting the image of what you read about in the Word of God. People will know there's just something different about that person, and I want what they got. I want that reflection. I want what they look like. I want that happiness. I want that lightheartedness that I see in them. We need to reflect on it. It'll change the world around us. So many times we look at life in the wrong mirror. I want to say this. We've got a generation that's looking at the mirror of Instagram, looking at the mirror of Twitter, looking at the mirror of Facebook, looking at the mirror of what everybody else has got, looking at the new car that they got, looking at the new stuff that they got. And we lose ourselves in the mirror and the image of what we see around us that removes us from what we're supposed to look like that scripture portrays. Maybe you had something spoken over you as a kid. Maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your parents. Maybe, maybe you had a dad or, or, or a leader in your life or, or a pastor from the past that spoke word curses that you need to break off of you. I want to declare life over you today to say that the things that happened in your past, let's declare that's the past, this is the future. Everybody say out loud, I'm moving forward. So maybe you have the mirror. What you see is things in the past that maybe they're not what Scripture says you are. You look at Instagram. You look in the mirror. You see everybody else's perfect table setting, and your table's a mess. The kitchen table I'm talking about, or the living room table, whatever it is. Because how many of you know we filter everything that we take pictures of? It's like, hey, living my best life. You know the minute that picture was taken, right after everything was a mess. Right? We take pictures of the best moments, and it provokes jealousy, and so we're living by comparison, which the word says be very careful of. So you're looking in the image. You're seeing all these things. But you look at the word and maybe before you felt like you had lack, but you look at scripture and you see, oh, I'm blessed. You're looking at the word of God and you start to declare that. You start to read it. I'm blessed. I'm an overcomer. 
You look at it and you're, maybe you're dealing with a physical situation and you start to read the word and you see, I'm healed. You go, well, I'm not healed. But you look at scripture and you say, no, but you know what scripture says and that settles, I'm healed. You begin to declare that. You look at scripture, you feel like you're so in the middle. You got so much stuff keeping you down, but you read about it and scripture says, nah, you know what, I'm, I'm free. You start to declare that. You start to see yourself. I, I'm looking into this mirror. I'm reading the word free, and I'm seeing myself as I'm reading it. You start to see. You look at, at what God's called you to do, and you see your limitations, but you read Scripture, and you see that I'm called. You look and you see Scripture, and, and, and you're, you're looking at yourself outside of the word, and, and you're, 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 you're going, I don't know, God, maybe you need to choose somebody else. But no, you look at Scripture, and you see, I'm, I'm chosen. I'm loved. I'm his. I'm forgiven. When you don't focus on the word, it'll kill you. The enemy will start playing mind games and fear will come in. You look at the word and you say, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power and love. Oh, in your mind, you got a sound mind. You know what the problem is? We've kicked over the mirror. We forget about it. It's, it's a dusty mirror. We haven't cleaned the mirror in, in way too long. Some of y'all need to leave this place. You need to blow the dust off of this book. And let it become alive to you and let it start to change you. If the only time you hear this book is in here on a Sunday, I want to tell you you're going to miss the mark. If you're not prioritizing time with the Lord, you're not prioritizing daily time when you get up to say good morning Holy Spirit and welcome him because you're too busy trying to, trying to do the day in and day out. What, it's, what is it all about? What is this job all about? It's all about getting more money so I can have more stuff, right? Hold on, hold on, uh, the, the, the book, the book, I, I can live blessed. I'm telling you, this will save our life, and this is probably one of the most important messages I could ever preach to you. The book will save you from the snare of the enemy. And here's what happens when you look at Scripture as your true reflection. Number four, James, James teaches us, reveal it. According to James, the, the word of God is a mirror, not a window. It's a mirror. The mirror, God's word, is a full light. That I'm sorry, it's, it's, it's full of light that causes this reflection to be able to be seen. Without the light, you can't see your reflection in the mirror. If we were to turn these lights out, I can't see myself in this mirror. I might be able to see the silhouette of the mirror, but it's the light that goes into the mirror that allows me to see the image. I want to tell you this. When you see Jesus in the word, that's what allows you to see your true image. You need to pray that there would be a light in your word that you would be able to see, that you would remove the blinders off of your eyes to see Jesus in these pages that are written. Then you begin to see your, your image. As I see God's loving word, I will see myself in his reflection and image. I will then see and serve others and be the living hands and feet of Jesus. Before we take communion, I want to say this, that you've probably heard this saying before, but you know, we're, we're so focused on our problems and, and what we're going through. And poor me, poor me. I, I, how many of you came in here this morning with a problem? Just, just a show of hands. How many of you came in here with a challenge? But you may be the only Jesus 
that somebody ever sees. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.